When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. What's going on today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? I was going to say I'm feeling groovy, but I might be a decade off. That would be a lot of decades off. That was the 60s. So that was 50 some odd years ago. Well, I'm thinking 1987. We're continuing our celebration of 1987. So it's really only two decades off. All right. Well, we're starting it off. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Not a good lead off. (laughs) All right. Yes, we are looking at 1987 and we are starting our countdown looking at the songs that K-Rock played back in 1987. We're going to look at the songs 106.7 to 101. And usually these are songs that nobody knows. And we didn't want to put our guests through the... Through the ordeal of telling us they don't know these songs. They've never heard the song. They don't remember the songs. Basically, we don't trust our guests to to do the research, to study up on these uh, obscure songs. But it was kind of fun. I actually enjoyed listening to these songs. And it's Kind of the reason we're doing this look back is because these are songs that time has forgot. So K-Rock, the world famous K-Rock in Los Angeles, back in 1987, this is what, what we grew up on. They do this year-end chart at the end of every year, and this will be number 106.7, because that was their frequency, to number 101. And then we will start inviting guests into the studio to talk about the rest of the songs with us. Usually we do 10 song chunks, but because it's K-Rock and... 106.7 K-Rock. They start with 106.7 because you're a math major. As we discussed on our Pop Culture 1987 episode, you mentioned that you went through remedial math. Let's see how successful you were. If we're talking songs 106.7 to 101, how many songs are we counting down today? Did you notice I just counted on my fingers? I'm going to pretend I. this is audio, so I can't see what you're doing. It is seven songs. We'll be talking about seven songs today as opposed to our usual 10 song chunks. And you will see me because I will post on our social media. You might be able to see me counting on my fingers to get to those seven songs. So speaking of social media, which is about you were about to ask me that, right? Let's say yes. You can find us on social media at WDDIM podcast and on YouTube at What Difference Does It Make podcast. Please check us out. Subscribe, like. Yes. Uh, our website, WDDIMpodcast.com. That is stands for What Difference Does It Make? Podcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It comes out monthly. It's fun and informative. And uh, it's not informative. It's just fun. 
and it's a nice distraction. I, we do call it the distraction, don't we? We call it the monthly distraction, and I do believe it's informative to a degree. <laughs> okay, very <laughs> like a remedial, like a point, like a nine eight class. That's O nine eight for you matadors. Okay, oh, it's like an O nine eight newsletter, but it's still fun. I still enjoyed it. I'm sure you enjoyed your math class. You shared it with a uh, with a friend, so. Share the newsletter with a friend. I did. My I met my bestie in Math 098. Okay. So meet your bestie, uh, you know, forward the, the newsletter to your bestie. That was a very good connection. Yeah. Okay. Shall we get started? I think it's about time we get started. Okay. And start, should we start with number 106.7? Yes, as we do. Now, looking back at the past songs that were ranked as 106.7, they're always weird and awkward and... They don't know what to do with it because it's a 0.7 song. They're novelty songs. They're often novelty songs. So in 1980, it was the K-Rock theme. So that was 1980. 1981 was the Jetsons theme. Can you hum along to that? Or sing... Okay. No, you would never recognize me, George Jetson. <laughs> there you go. Jane, his wife. That is daughter o- Judy. That is almost melodic. Good job. It's not even close. So that was the the Wait. Jetsons theme, which they used to play on the on the station. Okay, don't forget his boy Elroy. Okay, his okay. Bo- Go ahead, move on. Okay, and what was the name of the maid? She wasn't Alice? in. The, she wasn't in. The, no, that's the Brady Bunch. <laughs> she she was not in the song. Kind of like the Gilligan's Island and the rest. Who was, <laughs> who was, who was the, Rosie was the maid. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not like shocking news. <laughs> oh my God. No, I, oh my God. You'd think you'd remember it since we remember the Jetson so vividly. I didn't remember Rosie at all. No, you shouldn't. Okay. All right. 1982, I had sex with E.T. Okay. So now we're going into parody type songs. 1982 is the year of E.T. Oh, I had sex with E.T. It happened late last night. Yes, I We're venturing into uh, inappropriate land. Well, not, not necessarily. 1983, Robert Roll with the dog boat, which is to the theme of the love boat. which we learned in our pop culture episode that 1987 was the year that Love Boat got canceled. Yeah. I mean, not literally canceled. Right. Not because of inappropriateness, because it would have been canceled a long time ago from whatever shenanigans the doc was doing on the Love Boat. Well, I guess Captain Steubing was probably the most appropriate. I feel like... Doing some blow? uh, He was... (laughs) No, that was Julie. But there was... But uh, Captain Steubing was... uh, I don't know. I feel like he kept a he kept a low profile. He was very discreet about whatever was going on on in the captain's quarters. Yeah, captain's quarters, and yeah, if you sat at the captain's table, you knew something was. He was uh, he was thinking of what uh, what was going to happen. <laughs> anyway, that was Robert Roll with the dog boat, 1984, Erotic Eagle, which was to the tune of Erotic City, and it was about Swedish Eagle. Yes, famous DJ on KROQ and in life. Yes. All of his Swedish life, he's been searching for a wife. 
not too cute and not too thin. You know, so I can become a, a citizen. Party dude until the dawn. And that's when Richard comes on. See his Swedish modern pad. You could be one of the girls I've had. If they're not chunky, give them hell. It smells me just like a woman's smell. Give his Swedish ass a pinch. You really like the Swedish 12 inch. He is Swedish, it's his life. Looking for domestic wife. Not too loose and not too tight. <laughs> we'll try and get him on this year. Possibly. We'll see what happens. Uh, 1985, The Video Kids, Woodpeckers in Space. It's a woodpecker from space. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Tells now, you all need to know about the 106.7 spot on the list. Okay. 1986 was the L.A. Dream Team. L.A. Dream Team is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen. Remember that one? Is in the house. Yeah, a little, little rap. The, yeah. the, you know, rap was becoming a thing. Although K-Rock didn't play too much of it, but yeah. if it was a parody, they would play it. So, yeah. so th- they did that. So, which brings us to, I guess we would say the current times, 37 years ago. <laughs> Yes. So this is what we're going to be. So 1987, the 106.7 song belongs to... The Swinging Erudites. And will you tell me the name of the song? What was it? Come on, Holly. It's called Walk With an Erection. All right. I didn't want to say it, so thank you. You're welcome. So we got Walk With an Erection, which, all right, so it was a song. It happened. So they were famously called the worst band in the world at a WBCN lunchtime concert. Fortunately, we have Weird Al to make better songs. Can can we move on? Okay, so Holly and I are talking back and forth and kind of uh, introducing what we're going to be talking about. So that's our teaser. First, you have to sit through these breaks. So enjoy. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast, where Dave and I will be discussing songs number 106.7 to 101 from 1987 on the world-famous K-Rock. Okay, so speaking of parodies, we keep going. Number 106 is Mojo Nixon and Skid Roper with Elvis is Everywhere. Do you remember Mojo? Oh, of course. I, I was going to ask you about Mojo, though, because I think you're a fan. I enjoyed Mojo. I watch him now and like, okay, I, I can understand when I was uh, in my early 20s why I enjoyed Mojo. Mojo's fun. I mean, he's on Sirius XM, country and rockabilly, and, you know, outlaw country. So we, we love that. He's a big fan of that stuff. He brought that in all his songs. So... Yep. Elvis is everywhere. Is did you listen to the song? Yeah, I did. I okay, watched the video too. He is he is entertaining. He is Mojo Nixon, and if if you don't have Mojo Nixon, then your store can use some fixing from the Dead Milkman. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Who is this? Did not age well, but who was the anti Elvis? Elvis is everywhere, but there's an anti Elvis. Who was the anti Elvis? Who was the anti Elvis? It was Michael J. Fox. Oh. Elvis is everywhere, but there is one person who does not who does not represent Elvis. And that was Michael J. Fox, according to Mojo in 1987. OK, but, but now we love him. But now we've always loved Michael J. So but except Hell for yeah. Mo, Mojo is just he's always looking to, to go for the comedy. <laughs> Elvis is also in Joan Rivers. Did you know that? No, I did not. But he's trying to get out. Hey, so these these were the the winning uh, lyrics from Elvis is everywhere. The evil opposite of Elvis, the anti-Elvis. Anti-Elvis got no Elvis in him, let me tell you. 
Michael J. Fox has no Elvis in him. Uh-oh. Yeah, and Elvis is in Joan Rivers, but he's trying to get out, man. He's trying to get out. Listen up, Joni, baby. Elvis is everywhere. Elvis was good. I don't, although, yeah, I guess he still is because, uh, you know, Priscilla just came out this year and yeah. the Elvis movie came out uh, last year. So so that was what, yeah, 106 Mojo Nixon and Skid Roper. I don't know anything about Skid Roper. Um, can you tell me anything? What can I tell you about I, he, Skid Roper? He, he is part of Elvis. You know, he, Elvis is in Skid Roper. We know that. <laughs> but anything <laughs> else? He was the instrumentalist. So Mojo does the dancing and singing and, and Skid, Skid pres- does the music. There you go. Okay, perfect. Kind of like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yes, exactly like that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so now we go to number 105, which kind of I had to check this because uh, the band is Walk the Moon, yep. which we know from Shut Up and Dance. Right. This woman is my destiny. She said, Yeah. Not them. It's not. It's a different walk. The moon. I didn't. You could do that. There was another walk the moon. I had no idea. This is uh, Daddy's Coming Home. Yeah. <laughs> Number 105, which was my pleasant discovery from uh, for this week. You liked it, did you? The song was good. I could hear elements and different things, but then I, I looked at the their background. It's a duo. I'm sure you looked it up. So tell me a little bit about these two people. Yeah, they were, um, she, Natasha Schneider, who has since passed, she was Russian. Mm-hmm. Latvian-born, Russian-American musician and actress. Yeah, and it was actually her husband who was the partner in the band. That would be Alan Johannes. Yeah, but they played with a lot of current artists. Josh Homme. Yeah, <laughs> he is in that circle. Actually, did you see where he started out? Alan was in a band called Chain Reaction and Hello Slovak and Jack Irons was in the band. And then there was a, a guy, Todd Strassman was in the band. Todd was replaced by this guy named Flea. So this guy named Flea. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so there's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And then in 1990, they formed another band, the, this duo called Eleven, which had a few hits, you know, like MTV played a lot of those videos. I, when I saw the band Eleven, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember the yeah. band. Jack Irons played in that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of when you look at like these two people, like okay, it's very incestuous because you know they bounce from you know from Red Hot Chili Peppers to this band Eleven, um, and then you know they they both play with Chris Cornell, Queens of the Stone Age, and um, them Crooked Vultures and Arctic Monkeys, Mark Lanigan, PJ Harvey. So all these bands. I love. So they're, they're kind of, and I think after you, when you listen back to Daddy's Coming Home, you could kind of hear elements of it. Well, I've been missing the feeling. Squeeze it down till it's right. Your door is all I've been seeing. And I've been knocking it down. I guess Daddy's Coming Home. Daddy's all alone. Daddy's Actually, 
the best thing about Daddy's Coming Home is the guitar solo in that song. I remember listening uh, when I heard it, uh, yeah. when I reviewed it, like, oh my God, this guy's really good. And then clearly he's, he is very good because uh, later I saw like, oh, okay, I could see why he, why Queens of the Stone Age would want him on their, on their tour. Good stuff. Which is great. It's, I love that, that, that they transitioned from 80s because that music was, I mean, you we may hear the elements of the, you know, of later stuff, but it was definitely 80s. Look was 80s, how they transitioned to this type of music that we Oh, yeah. Still loved. rock still rock and roll to me, my yeah. friend. So that was kind of a nice discovery. Yeah. Walk, walk the moon. Daddy's coming home. Check it out. Number 105 on the K-Rock year-end list in 1987. Okay. Number 104 is by a band, Killing Joke which we remember from the song 80s. Did you remember the song Sanity? Uh, Not really. Did you remember it? I did not remember it. Which is why we're doing this podcast. (laughs) To recall these songs. This, what did you think of the song? I mean, it was was 80s. Not 80s. It was. It was. was. I was a little more tame. I think they were more of a... I I think they were kind of like a a punk band. This this song was just kind of a... uh, little more sedated i guess i wouldn't have necessarily recognized this as something like a killing joke song anyway it was it was fine fine and dandy it was uh what the single peaked at number 70 in the uk's singles chart and it was produced by chris kimsey who did a lot of work with the rolling stones uh you know the one quote i saw and i i think they (laughs) this person kind of agreed with me you know when i first heard it but the album was brighter than a thousand suns and so the review, Brighter Than a Thousand Suns, marked a sharp decline in quality, many viewing it as a complete betrayal of Killing Joke's signature sound. But more than 20 years later, it's surprising how well parts of the album hold up. The hooks are undeniable. It goes on to note that the restored Kimsey mix on the 2008 reissue blows the old overpolished mix out of the water. So maybe we should listen to the 2008 remix. They used to just go by their first names. The band members only went by their first names. So they were Jazz, Paul, Jordy, and Youth. I do know that Youth is also a member of a, uh, a duo called the Firemen. Do you know who the second person is that was part of the Firemen with Youth? I don't. Paul McCartney. Okay, that is a fun fact. Yeah, listen to the Firemen. Paul having a little bit of fun with some beats.
So do you know who is a, another huge fan of Killing Joke? Uh, besides Kurt Cobain? Kurt Cobain. Okay. Well, well yeah, because of related. because he stole because yes. he stole the <laughs> "Come as You Are" lick from '80s. Yes. Yes. <laughs> sort uh, well, of allegedly. Okay. Well, Dave Grohl. Okay. Which, oh. Which, oh, is uh, that right? makes sense? Yeah. Oh, he, that's okay. Yeah. So they did a. They he did all the drumming on their self-titled 2003 album, uh, No Charge. Okay. So there you go. We got um, uh, "Walk the Moon" played with uh, Dave Grohl. Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl, and uh, and now uh, Killing Joke. Dave, Dave gets Grohl. Around. Dave does, yeah, such a slut. <laughs> Stop it! Don't talk <laughs> about Dave that way. He could do no wrong Love in my Dave. book. He could do no wrong in my book. Is that my? Are you quoting me? <laughs> yeah, yep. a person says. <laughs> Moving on to number one hundred three, the Silencers. I see red, and when I heard this, I was like, "This sounds like the Proclaimers," and then I looked it up, like, "Oh, look, they're from they're from Scotland." have anything about the song i see red no i just heard it and i saw i heard the proclaimers i heard it sounded a little bit like simple minds yeah um it's good though i i enjoy that stuff i okay. really love that stuff so okay I, I i like this this is for you then <laughs> so, so what did it not it, oh it just, i i was like no no you didn't like i didn't no it's just i enjoy the proclaimers i can you know 500 miles I can I can listen to that. It's kind of cheesy, and maybe that's why when I heard this, like, okay, I don't need another one of these in my. Well, you like big country book. too. I mean, I well, like big, big country. Well, big country was they had a unique sound. This sounds like a, a little derivative of everything I've heard before. Okay. So it was not for me. Okay. I saw red when I heard this. Like, <laughs> I like this. I mean, it doesn't make me want to go back and listen to the rest of the album necessarily, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, right. I definitely. Yeah. Would you put it on a playlist? I mean, that's, you know, now we're in 2024. Would you put it on a playlist to enjoy, um, to surprise yourself? I might, but I'll tell you what jumped out at me about this. Okay. Um, so that when they toured Europe in 1988, they toured with the alarm. Okay. And that always makes me happy because you know how much I love them and, you know. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But anyway. it's always when, when they have, when a band has a stamp of approval from another band that you, you love. Sure. That it kicks them up one, at least one notch. Okay, so say goodbye to the silencers. <laughs> and go on Let's to number 102. All right, so we have a cover song by a band called Love and Rockets. This is the first of three songs that will be on the chart in 1987. The song is Ball of Confusion, a song by... The Temptations. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you looked a little yeah. panicked there for a second. I had a brain fart. I thought, uh, well, I think I've had a few brain farts, but yeah, the, uh, the Temptations and I, what, what do you think? Do you, do you have a preference, either version? Oh, Temptations, 100%. <laughs> Every single time. People moving out, people moving in wide. 
because of the color of the skin. Run, 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 but you sure can't hide. And I, boy, and I, a tooth for a tooth, both for me, and I'll set you free. Rap on, brother, rap on. Well, the only person talking about love nine brother is the preacher. And it seems nobody's interested in learning but the teacher. Segregation, determination, demonstration, integration, aggravation, humiliation, obligation to our nation. It's about the black experience in the late 60s. And so I don't know why these English blokes are singing about it, but. That is a very good question. You can ask it. We can invite David J or. Okay. Daniel Ash. Sure. Onto the podcast. I like that. I like Love and Rockets. I'm not saying I like it better than, than Temptations because I'm not going there. But <laughs> I like this. I, and I actually remembered this song being a bigger. I thought it was a bigger hit than it's number 102. kind of like a, a CD bonus track. Yeah. And that's probably why K-Rock picked up on it. Uh, it wasn't even available on uh, in the UK originally. I think it uh, it came out later. Uh, I, I don't know why they, they covered it, but, you know, it's good. You know, I it's a it's a good cover, and it makes you go to the original. I, I mean, I, I, I can admire anyone who, who does a decent, uh, like a different version of a cover that's, as opposed to just like a generic cover song. Covers are really hard, I, th- I feel like. So, okay, so you're, you prefer songs with cover versions that have a new take on the old song as opposed to someone uh, emulating the, the Yeah, of course. Version. Otherwise, why do it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I generally hate tribute albums. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand why they do it. It's to, you know. To artists tribute? Wa- yeah, it's a tribute. <laughs> it's a tribute. Uh, but generally, it just makes me want the original and like. But if it's exposing fans to the original and to the artist, and yeah, I'm all for it. It's serving a purpose. I understand. Yeah, I understand the purpose. But generally, I I'm not a big fan. Very good. Ball of confusion. Temptations. You mean Love and Rockets? I know. But yeah, Love and Rockets. English blokes covering the the black experience, <laughs> the black U.S. experience in the in the from- late from the late '60s. I'm sure their heads were in the right place. Like they love the song. Maybe they're a tribute. It's a support, a show of support. Okay. Uh, it could Maybe. be. Yeah. It's a good, it's, fine. it's good and fine. All right. Should we move on to number 101? The all last right. of our songs. Are we wrapping this, this up already? Okay. It's a band we're all very familiar with. 
you love teasing this. Uh, this is the fix. Don't be scared. I'm but, not scared. All right. But it is, this will be the last we will hear from the fix on the K-Rock charts ever. They will be banished forever. So enjoy this 1987 song, Don't Be Scared. Don't be scared. Um, it was interesting. This is from a live record, but there were a few studio songs on it. What do you think of that? A live record with studio songs on it. Yeah, three new songs on there, which is kind of cool, I guess. You're listening to a, an album, a live record. I don't know. If you were listening to Cheap Trick. Uh, live at Budokan. Live at and- Budokan, and they, they threw on uh, some new ones. So what's the, what do you think is the reason behind that? It's, they had some new music. It wanted to put it on something. So, okay. Like, I don't know where they stuck it on. I don't think they would put it on in the middle of their, because initially I looked on it like, oh, this, this was a big album. I know all, <laughs> like all these hits, but it, they were all live songs. So were they like bonus tracks? Yeah, it was kind of like bonus tracks. So um, okay. Big Walls, Rules and Schemes, and Don't Be Scared. Oh, they also re-recorded a, a new version of Red Skies, which I don't, I, I don't know. We'll have to give a listen to the 1987 version of Red Skies. and we've been talking about the fix i have developed a greater appreciation but yeah don't be scared what did you think of this this hit uh, number 32 on the mainstream radio charts i liked it i mean it yeah. was the fix i liked it yeah i mean i guess i can see why it was played on mainstream radio it, it was a rock song from 1987 a song that you would like and that's about it yeah. you know i was like okay it's a fix song okay i recognize this and but yeah, I think that's what it is. But it was a rock song, and you can see how it went it was mainstream and, and lower on the K-Rock chart, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, for me, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it's just when I hear number 32 on the mainstream, yeah, okay, it's just disposable, and you listen to it, and then forgotten. You can say that a lot about, about a lot of Oh, music. a lot, right. A, yeah. Well, that's why a lot of these songs are forgotten, like The Fix is Don't Be Scared. 
Yeah, you can listen to this live record. Do you like live records? Did you buy live records? I did. I, I like live records. I like I like Cheap, Cheap, Cheap Trick live at Budokan. Sure. I like, you know, I've, expo- I've been exposed to a lot of live Rush albums. Have you? Does that surprise you? Yeah, okay. What What's your favorite Rush live record? Uh, Just say Exit Stage Live. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just say Exit Stage Okay, very good. Nice. What's your, how, what do you, do you have some favorite live albums? Uh, yeah, well, I'll always love Cheap Trick. That's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, I was a little too young for Frampton Comes Alive. I enjoy that. But, but uh, yeah. I think Live Bukhan was one of the first records I ever bought. So that's always near and dear to my heart. I was actually just looking at um, this list of live albums from this century yeah. because, you know, you don't really think of live albums anymore. No, you don't. Who's and it's mostly I think it's mostly older artists recording live albums. It's now, pretty, so who It's pretty much the same. Yeah. Like uh yeah, Wilco has a has a live record <laughs> kicking television, which I think is just beautiful. It's uh, because you love Wilco. Be, well, what, right, I love all these bands. Um And they can do no wrong. Oh, uh, no, they they've done wrong. Yeah, the, yeah, My Morning Jacket had one in 2006. But uh but yeah, even Jay-Z put in 2001, he had his MTV unplugged. That was uh, 23 years ago. I know. I know. These are long, long time ago. Pearl Jam, Live at the Gorge, 2007. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I look, was looking down this list. There's Kate Bush, Before the Dawn in 2016, The White Stripes, and then the Great White Northern Lights, which is really, really amazing. People don't really put out live records anymore because of YouTube. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're all there. Isn't that, I just, I know we have talked about this before, but the shows that we used to watch just to see our bands, our favorite bands play live. And now it's all right there at your fingertips. Yeah. All right. So anyway, the fix tried it. (laughs) They gave it a shot. Good job, fix. Good job, Holly. Good job, Dave. All right. Good job, Dave. Thank you. All right. So that was 106.7 to 101 in 1987. The K-Rock, the world famous K-Rock, those were seven. Seven smash hits. Spectacular. It was a good start? It was a good start. I, <laughs> I, I, have you looked ahead? Because I am not looking ahead. Oh, I haven't, no. Good. I hadn't looked until last night. That's how much you prepped for this? That's how much I, yeah, exactly. I look forward to hearing what else K Rock played in 1987. Okay, me too. And we'll invite some friends over to, to share their opinions. <laughs> and I'm sure they'll have some stories to share. So that's always a fun journey. It's a musical journey. Okay. You know who said that? Uh, let me guess. Larry Mullen from... No, that was Bono, right? That's, I believe it was Bono. I'm 100% sure it was... 99% sure it was Bono. What? Sort of a, a musical journey, really. You know? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to worry about it. Like, yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a musical journey. Okay. All right. You were going to doubt me? <laughs> That's right. Where's my research? Where's my research? Remind people again where they can find interesting and thoughtful pieces from the What Difference Does It Make podcast. <laughs> I'm glad you, spe- you were specific with the What Difference Does It Make podcast. WDDIM podcast for uh, short clips on social media and other interesting tidbits and on YouTube at What Difference Does It Make podcast. Okay, very good. Again, the, the website, WDDIMpodcast.com. Um, subscribe, like us. Do you like us? Please, please like us. Uh, subscribe. New episodes every Friday, so it's fine. Do it. And thank you. And thank you. All right. Well, you should sign off then. Until next week. This is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.